from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by CoachesEdge.coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. And we are live on location with owner, founder of Imagine 320, former college tennis coach, former college tennis player, author, speaker, my mother, Misty Kramer. So mom, I'll call you on this one. Thank you for taking time to be on the Coach's Edge podcast. We just had a couple coaches clinics up in Michigan and you did half hour of team building improving communication. Obviously, this gets into the the culture piece that we talk about so much on the podcast with uh, different coaches and how we can strengthen that within our team and our program among our coaching staff. And we just had great feedback from the coaches that we worked with on some of the team building activities that we did. And you've been around more youth and young people over the past 20, 30 plus years than anybody else I know. So um, I gave a short bio, but that doesn't really scratch the surface. Give us a little bit of your background, some of the things that you have done in the past, some of the things that you're currently doing, and then we'll dig into the subject of you know, some of these team building activities that we can do with our team throughout the course of the season. All right. Sounds great. Thanks for having me here today. I'm excited to share some of this stuff. And yeah, boy, the beginning of some of this teamwork stuff started probably over 30 years ago when we were volunteering with our church youth group and just as a way of trying to get to know the kids better and bringing some community within them. They didn't all know each other real well. And so just trying to build some trust and communication and things like that within those groups. And they just loved it um, because it was a fun way of accomplishing some real goals that uh, we had at the time of you know bringing some unity and structure to what was going on there while also having some fun and so started with that and since then you know have continued doing that with students but also have progressed into doing that with uh, some adults and so I lead a team at Youth for Christ so our staff uh, we just this fall did a retreat where I took them through several of these activities and so you know with that group you're talking people from their 20s to you know through their 50s and again just had a great time doing it brought up a lot of what really good discussions and things like that I've done this with some real estate people um, and like you mentioned with your coaches and so just a variety it it works with all ages of people so as we dig into this, this will be fun. We'll talk about some of the reasons on why we should use some team building activities throughout the course of the season. And then we'll have you a chance to explain a couple really good team activities that we can do uh, as well and get a little more specific, specific there. Uh, this is really, really important because not everybody uh, is comfortable just chatting and getting to know one another. Uh, so if you're looking for different ways to improve communication, get kids out of their comfort zone and coaches as well out of their comfort zone, get to know each other a little bit better and have some fun. This is going to be a really beneficial uh, episode for you to dig and listen to. So before we get into some of the specific activities, take us through 
the why or the, or the goals or the reason of why we should do more of these things throughout the course of a long basketball season. Okay. I'm going to take you through basically five um, reasons that I, I think are important for doing these types of things. And as a former teacher as well, I've taught elementary through high school and learned quite a bit about learning styles. And so the first one really has to do with uh, the fact that most students as well as adults really learn better when they're physically engaged in something. So instead of just sitting there and listening, which is just strictly auditory, it is really helpful to have hands-on activity. And so the number one piece that I have here is just physical activity. They're involved in a very physical, tangible way. It's a kinesthetic way of learning. It's tactile. And so as you're talking throughout the activity, they're involved, you know, whether it's through with a ball or whether it's with mousetraps, we'll talk about later, just different things. And so that is the benefit right there is they're going to learn more because they are actively involved in doing. Uh, the second one is a team component. And this one is just doing this type of thing, whether it's uh, with a work team or whether it's with students, um, anybody that you're doing it with, it brings a sense of unity. It brings a connection uh, with the people who are involved in doing it. They um, have a little competitive thing there if you have more than one group that are competing against each other. And so they're, um, you're hopefully building within that team a sense of encouragement where they're, you know, rooting for each other and cheering each other on, uh, trying to use encouraging words and those kind of things. So it's really bringing a team unity of uh, spirit to the activities. The third one I have is communication skills. We learn communication skills in these. And again, the great thing about it is they're learning communication skills without us sitting there and just lecturing about communication skills. As we're going through these physical activities, they're learning about the importance of eye contact, about speaking clearly, about how to listen really well to um, different tones of voices and to tune into specific people and um, the importance of nonverbals and body language type of things. And so communication skills is a, a huge thing that we're able to benefit from, from team building activities. Number four is problem solving. A lot of these activities as we're doing them, we'll start the activity out, we'll go through a few steps of it, and then we'll pause and we'll just ask the group, you know, how can we improve? Some of them are timed activities. So, okay, we did this in 32 seconds. How can we cut that time down? What does that look like? And so they're thinking as a group, they're processing, communicating with each other, trying to figure out what the best ways are to um, come together and improve their output. And so problem solving is a big one. And the fifth one, which is not five because it is the least important. In fact, I think it could be up at number one. So I sort of a save the best for last type of thing is the have fun and the competitive element um, if you're doing this for athletes, which is what most of your um, audience is here. And so just, I think a lot of times we do activities like this and we think, well, if they're fun, then that's just sort of an extra result of the activity. Instead, I look at it as making having fun 
a goal of the activity, not just sort of a, an add-on as a result. When students, adults, any audience is engaged and having a good time with each other, they're going to be able to accomplish things better. They're going to be open to whatever the learning is. They're laughing. They're kind of letting their guard down a little bit. And if it's a team that you're trying to build, then just having fun with each other is just a great way to break down some of those walls, uh, let them relax a little bit and enjoy um, seeing who each other is, you know, off the court or um, away from whatever the seriousness is of the, the sport that you're involved in. So teams who enjoy each other and have fun together, they overall are just more productive I think they're willing to work harder. They find ways to support each other better. They're just going to be overall just more successful. So if we think about as basketball coaches, we're always thinking about, boy, we don't have enough time. You know, we, we need to practice more. We need more time for our scouting, our strategies. We obviously want to perform better, have more success, win more games, whatever that might look like for our specific program. But in actuality, one thing that could benefit us more than anything else could well be the fact that we're doing more team building, strengthening activities, getting to know each other, building our culture, our communication, our teamwork through things that aren't necessarily basketball based. You got a two hour practice every once in a while, two hours doesn't mean you need to be in the gym and sort of review those five keys. It's physical. It doesn't have to be strenuous. Right. But it could be physical playing catch with, you know, I'm sure you'll break down some type of example in a few minutes. There's a team component. We're improving communication, right? You mentioned the nonverbals, the body language, that's huge as well. There's a problem solve solving aspect. We're trying to figure something out as a group. And it's important to remember this is as a, as a team, even if you're, you have 12 players on a team, maybe there's two groups of, of six. We're working together. We're building the togetherness of our team through this. And then the fun, the competition aspect of it is involved as well. And having done some of your activities just this past weekend, when I was traveling around, run some clinics this preseason, seeing you do some of these, and then even more, you know, when I was 13, 14, 15, 16, you were doing activities like this uh, with Youth for Christ, how the, just because you're competing, that, that is fun. For most of us as basketball coaches and players, the competition itself is fun. However, there's fun automatically thrown in because some of these are out of the box, right? We've used mouse traps. You, you're doing like silly kind of games. It's a great way for us as coaches to be able to look back and say, we don't need to be, you know, a ball in hand the entire time. It doesn't need to be necessarily uh, cutthroat of first team to five doing this specific competition we can still compete have a lot of fun getting out of our comfort zone at the same time so you know, do you want to add anything onto that or do you want to uh, dig into some of the examples some activities that we can use with our team yeah I think you pretty much covered it on on reviewing those five things and so let's jump right into the the examples sweet so what's you know if you're uh I mean, you've obviously coached teams and, you know, have, you know, a family that loves, you know, grew up loving basketball. So, you know, the game, well, you got your coach, you have 12, 15, 10, 15 players on a team. 
you know, what, what's a go-to activity that you would recommend that a coach and maybe one other assistant could work through with their program? Well, I'm going to start with the one that seemed to be pretty popular at these um, coaches clinics and, and that I think you pulled out this past weekend at your thing with students, which mm -hmm. is the sort of a mousetrap trust walk. And what you do during this is you basically um, have a box full of mouse traps. You're going to set these mouse traps. If you would like to add a little extra, um, little extra challenge to the game, you have the the players take their shoes off. Oh, that's yeah. I did not do that. I was not going to risk that with the the athletes <laughs> about to play their first game. But. <laughs> okay, doing these, we we haven't had any injuries. <laughs> But it does sting if you get your something caught in a mouse trap. But um, what you do is set a bunch of mouse traps, have the students, the team get um, in a circle, put these mouse traps in a scattered, um, just all over in that circle. Mm -hmm. And these are these are set. And so then, to interrupt you, just yep. because as, from a basketball standpoint, what what we did was we took the lane. You know, so if you're in the gym using this, you can do this in the hall, classroom, whatever. But we took the the foul line down to like the front of the rim and you use that part of the lane. And then we gave the kids you know, the mouse traps or the coaches, the mouse traps. we had them set them. And that, so that was kind of like the, the area that they had to work their way through. Maybe they're on the baseline and they got to work their way all the way to the foul line going through all these mouse traps, and they can't obviously go outside of the lane. So just to picture the Yeah. Game. To picture, um, kind of the area, how big of a space that you want that. So that that area would be filled up with these set mouse traps and you could have, you know, somebody starting then at the free throw line. Is that about the area that you're in then? Yeah. And you have that person blindfolded and you have another person who is their guide. And that guide is going to give them instructions to make it through these mouse traps, walking through these mouse traps in a, such a way that they do not touch any of the mouse traps. And so this person is just giving them verbal instruction from, you know, the free throw line all the way to under the basket where this stops. And so that is the first phase of this. Then to continue on with this, so you could have some discussion. What was that like? Ask them some questions. Um, you know, did you trust this guide? How did you feel about the instruction? Uh, different things like that that they can break down and share. And then the second time you do it, getting a new person in there, uh, the second time you're telling the rest of the players they can start interference verbally. And so you still have a guide. So you'll have somebody as the guide, somebody as the walker, only this time there's these different people shouting. And so these people are basically a distraction. And so the walker really has to tune in to who that guide is, what their voice sounds like um, amidst all of this other distraction that's going on, you know, oh, don't step there, get out of the way, you know, whatever kinds of things the players are using to distract them. And when they finish and complete it, then again, just some really cool discussion can happen there as to, you know, what were the challenges that second time through that maybe the first person didn't experience and probably a little more like gameplay. I would, I would say, you know, just the pressure of, it could be 
brought analogies from people in the stands yelling, um, the other t- the teammates, you know, how to tune into the coach's voice, you know, different things like that. So lots of good analogies there. The distractions piece could be good. I mean, this is where you as a coach, like if you like this game and how, how many mousetraps do you have? Like, do we set up? Do you have an idea if we use that whole box? Yeah. I mean, we have about 45 okay. in there. Yeah. That's what I figured around 45, 50 mousetraps. So there's quite a few mousetraps in a fairly small space that they're trying to get their way, get their way through. A lot of times they don't make it. Uh, the majority of the time they don't make it. Uh, I did this on Friday with the team, had the mousetraps. Saturday, Sunday, we did the same activity. I forgot my my mousetraps. I used cones. I had about the same amount of cones. So you don't need mousetraps. It's just a lot more fun if you have them um, to, to use. And as a coach, this is where you have the pulse of your team. You understand the pulse of your team and those distractions from the other players telling the wrong directions as you're trying to work your way through, as well as what are some of those distractions? The, the mousetraps are a distraction, right? They're trying to keep us from where we're trying to go. As a coach, you know the pulse of your team better than anybody else. And so that's where you finish those activities and you try to hammer home a certain theme topic subject that those kids need to hear so that they can store that in their memory bank right you're creating a memory of a very unique one because this is a it's an unorthodox thing to do for a basketball practice and then you attach it to something that they're going through it could be as you mentioned high intensity game noisy people yelling in the stands right it could be you know the other team it could be Other things that are off the court, relationships, right? Family, kids, parents got divorced. It was exam week, right? Boyfriend or girlfriend uh, broke up with with a kid. Kids have been sick. Kids have been injured. You can use, I mean, you, you can, you get the idea. You can go on and on with what these distractions might be. And you just start to hammer home. Listen, there's a direction we're trying to go. There's a lot of distractions along the way. We got to be we got to be strong together as a team if we're going to make it through all these distractions and be the best team that that we can be. And I can tell you, I did that activity three times this weekend. A lot of laughs, a lot of noise, great engagement. I mean, these were varsity boys and girls basketball teams we were working with. No kid was too cool. Every kid was fired up, yelling, screaming, laughing. And then when I hammer home my little message at the end, there was eye contact, kids are nodding, saying, yep. And and so it's not just fun. It's not just competition. There's a message that we attach to it and it works, which is the whole point of why we're really doing some of this. So I just, that's an awesome one. And I can't wait to hear two and three, because I don't know what you're going to share next. All right. Um, I think, did you explain the tennis ball one on a former um, podcast. Not really. Not, not very, a little bit. A little okay. Bit. I didn't want to redo that one. If you already had done that and want to refer back you, to it, you can touch but... on that one real quick. I didn't, I don't think I got into too much detail. Okay. There's a tennis ball, one that involves tennis balls or any other type of balls, but I'd start out with uh, one tennis ball and have the players get into a circle. And in what you're going to do is start out with just one ball, give them some instructions and say, we're going to toss this ball underhand 
and we're going to time it. Every person in the group needs to catch the ball and throw it at least one time. It cannot be tossed or handed to somebody on either side of you. And it needs to end up back at you, the coach or whoever started the game. And those are pretty much the, the directions for it. And so you just take that first ball, you throw it across. Oh, the other thing is to say the person's name. So I'd take it. And if Steven's, Steve's across the thing, I'd, I'd say, Steve, he'd catch it. And then he'd, he'd grab it and he'd say, Chuck, and he'd toss it over to Chuck. And Chuck would say, Todd, and he'd toss it over to Todd. And it would go like that until the last person uh, tossed it back to me. We would get some excitement. We say, let's time this thing. Let's see how fast we can go with this ball. And so we would go in that same order and boom, 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 boom. And somebody's timing it. It's like, yes, all right, we got it in 32 seconds. Good job. Then we'd stop and say, how can we get it better? And at that point, the students are throwing out ideas. And this could be, hey, let's make our circle smaller. Uh, let's throw it a little gentler because you know we whizzed it past somebody. Let's have better eye contact. The idea is to pull these things from them. So not give them the answers, but just have them sharing what they think they can do to make the time better and do that over again. Say, okay, same order. Here's the ball. Let's go. Um, almost 100% of the time, they're going to do it faster. So they do it better. Then they're feeling good about themselves. So you say, okay, we're going to bring in a second ball. We bring in that second ball. At this point, if you'd like, you can bring in and say, okay, we're going to pretend these are pieces of communication. We're going to pretend this first tennis ball is a message going out. Now here's a second one. I have another message for you going out. We have to follow the same pattern. Um, and we need to make sure that both of these messages are received. Um, in a in the proper way uh, no one can have both of these balls at the same time and so I need to wait to pass my second one and so we go through it boom 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 boom. okay is there anything that we can do to break this down to improve now that we've done it with two balls time it see how it goes and then the third one the last one and sometimes we throw in uh, something that isn't a tennis ball. We throw in a, a different ball that's going to have a different speed. Uh, we've thrown in a shoe before, um, just any type of item that can fly across the circle. And with the the acknowledgement that, you know, sometimes things are thrown at us that are unusual, they're awkward, they come to us too fast, or they don't come to us in the right way, you know, but we have to adjust to that. And so let's see how we do. And we go through that same order again. They're saying the names, they're making eye contact, they're using all of the tips that they themselves came up with and we're timing them. And again, they end up a lot of times being able to do all three of those just as fast or faster than how they started in the beginning with just one ball, which is just really cool uh, to do. And so after that's finished, you know, just doing what you said after the mousetrap thing, just breaking that down and how can we connect this to our team? You know, how can um, this relate? What are some analogies that we can draw between our basketball team and this activity that we just did? And they will come up with things. I mean, there's really cool analogies. And if you want to share some of those or things that might come up. No, I, th I think you did a great job of explaining, you know, just how we try to tie this into whatever theme we might have from a basketball standpoint. If you're doing this with your team, as a coach who's have an idea, 
I want to make sure they a couple of rules. If they drop the ball, what happens? If they drop the ball, yep, we got to start over again. Okay, and the but the clock keeps running. And the clock stop keeps it. running. Yep. Yeah. So the whole yep. time the the clock's running, and they start all the way over. All now. the way over. Yeah. All the way over. Okay. So if you're doing that with your team, that's a big component of making sure you're. I mean. I mean, you, you could bring this back to the basketball side of things, even if you wanted to and be like, we don't, we can't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over. Like value that ball, that shoe, that hat. Now who knows whatever you, it is that the heck that you're, you're tossing around uh, value those, those things. So that's a really good one. And uh, I haven't seen it firsthand. It's a, it's a fun one and great for improving the communication. When we did that um, a few weeks ago, it was fun to hear, one, how competitive the coaches were, uh, but two, the different ideas and how quickly certain groups got in. Hey, if we move in closer, we can do it faster. Or if, um, you know, what we were throwing it a, a certain way, or even, you know, some coaches are breaking down like the touch of the ball and, you know, throwing less arc on the ball and stuff like that was really good. So uh, that's two. Do you have any more that you want to share? Well, I'll share this one. We did not do this one okay. with you yet. And this one is more of a, a little brain, but I think as I'm explaining this, Steve, that you'll be able to think of some ways that you can draw the analogy uh, to basketball as I'm explaining this. Like we so, must be on a coaching podcast. You're, you've called me Steve twice. I know That's this the is the only time in my life I've been called Steve by you. I'm, I'm trying Steven. to be very conscious. That's, that's oh, fine. I can. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is called selling power. And so this is more of a, a brain thing, but I know that you're going to be able to draw some basketball analogies to this. So you take 15 items. These could be uh, pennies or, you know, some kind of coin or marble, whatever you want. So 15 items and you just line them up on the floor or on the table, 15 little items. And you have two people doing this. So if you had a, a group, you just spread people out, put them in twos and give them each 15 items. You're going to tell them they're going to play this game six times. It, it goes really quickly. So I'm playing you, Stephen. We have 15 items laid across here. The goal is to get item number 15. Okay. We have to do that by taking turns and removing either one, two, or three items at a time. Okay. And... So you can't grab four, but you can grab one. You can, you know, each time. So if you're going first, Stephen, and you take two, then I can say, okay, I'm just going to take one or I'm going to take four. And we work our way down this list and see who ends up with this beautiful item number 15. All right. And you can end up with 13, 14, 15, because that's still three. You don't have to end up with just 15 on its own. All right, so you can end up with 14, 15, 13, 14, 15. Um, just no more than three can be taken at a time. And do that six times. It, it goes really quick in a matter of minutes. This whole activity will be done and kind of keep score. So it might be like, you know, if we neither one of us know how to do this, it could be, well, Stephen ended up winning three times and I did three times. You'll have some people who might figure it out and maybe they'll be like, I won five times and my, this person only won one time. As you're doing it, as they come back and they say, you know, what their scores were and things, then you can choose to give them clues. If nobody has 
the answer has this figured out. What the clue is that you're going to um, have as a coach that you're going to want to know is that if, if the person always starts, whoever starts, they will always be able to win. Okay. Hmm. If you, as the person who starts, grabs number 11, you'll always be able to get 15. If you get number seven, you'll always be able to get number 11, which means you'll always be able to get 15. And if you get number three, you'll always be able to get seven. You'll always be able to get 11. You'll always be able to get 15. So there's a pattern there that works that will always guarantee that end result that you want. And I just think this is a little different. It might address and hit some students um, in a way that, you know, some of the other activities don't because mm -hmm. it's, ju it's just a little different. Mm -hmm. It takes some, some real thinking and some kids will really enjoy doing that. But after telling you about that, Stephen, what are some things that you can think of analogy-wise that you could use um, as a basketball coach? My mind is is still reeling right now. Um, I can see how this would be right up the alley of uh, a lot of players, competitive for all of them. Uh, and then, you know, some kids' heads are going to explode. Some coaches listening right now, their head is like, yeah. wait, how does how does this work? And then there's other kids that are going to eat this up. First thing that comes to my mind is tactics. Like once you explain the clue of trying to get one, right, by going first, you get the chance to get three, seven, 11, or 15, right? If that's the the strategy aspect of it, then yeah, how much does that come into play with what we're trying to do as a basketball team and then execute it throughout the course of the season? I mean, that's what we want to do, giving ourselves a better chance to to succeed. So that's just the first thing that comes to my mind. You've probably thought of like five other better answers than that. That I mean, that is right where my mind went as well. I mean, there are just certain things in life and sports, um, regardless of what the sport is, and we're targeting basketball here. I mean, obviously, there's just you follow these specific things, and that's what coaches do. I mean, you're training your your um, team to do these specific things. And it's like, guys, you know, if you get this piece down, if you can run this play this way, this is going to be uh, the result here. And so I, do, I just think that this will trigger some things in their minds that that is a little bit different than some of the other physical activities that we've mm -hmm. talked about. No, that's really, that's really awesome. And the fact that it's a lot different than some of the more physical ones before they can, can hit kids a little different way which can be uh, very effective as well. So I mean, we've talked about the communication piece in all of these, the teamwork aspect, which is, is everything here. The last one's a good one on uh, executing, following directions, uh, things of that nature as well. Any other activities or points of emphasis that you want to touch on? Um, this one involves dominoes. And so really another cool one you get a couple sets of dominoes put people in groups again uh, you can do them in groups of two uh, more than that if you would like to they'll have a couple sets of dominoes a couple um, thing handfuls of Jenga pieces and what you're going to do is ask them to create a circle of some kind 
that you can come over in five minutes as the coach and you'll be able to touch any domino and push it in either direction and it will take everything down. So okay. They have and Jenga so or the, dominoes. So the Jenga pieces, or here's both. the uh, yep, both. Okay. Here's the other the piece of it. So we've all made those trains with dominoes before, right? Okay. Um the Jenga pieces, you're going to actually tell them at two different places they have to build these up like steps. And so they have to make two places within their their circle they have to basically climb over jenga pieces okay, and yeah, make yeah. sure the dominoes yeah. flow over those at two different places they can put them right next to each other they could um so two inches about two inches high so it's about three jenga pieces up they have to make steps of some kind and you have to be able to go over there and touch any domino push it either way and have all of those things fall down and we have had that be real successful and we've had people um, who have knocked it down in the process. I mean, you know how, right. how, yep. how scary that can be. You just accidentally touch it and everything goes down and they're all having to start over again. So this just leads to a lot of great discussions as far as um, having them take some time to plan it in the beginning. You know, some of them want to rush right into it and they start building and they're falling and other people hardly start the building they sit there and they they make out a process and they're like here's where we're going to put the steps and they're kind of look at the big picture and they're planning um another good analogy in that is just i mean accidents happen and we got to restart yeah. you know things life happens um things happen in the last minute of games however whatever kind of analogies that you want to bring to it but it's important we get back up we rebuild it and we go from there and and take off and so this one has a little bit of strategy and planning problem solving in it um, along with that whole competition because you're going against other people you know who can make this thing work because at the end we all gather around each person's and say okay let's see if this one works and watch it go down and some of them don't, <laughs> some of them don't make it up the steps. Some of them have too big of a gap somewhere, you know, whatever, um, and go to the next person. And so you're showing each other, you know, mm -hmm. what, and then having them explain kind of what their strategies were in their planning. Mm -hmm. I love it. We could go on and on and give a bunch of different examples, but hopefully to our listeners, this gets the wheels turning a little bit on some things that you might do throughout the course of this basketball season, I would say a great time to do this is over Christmas break. If you're practicing consistently from Thanksgiving through the Christmas period, you got that break of school and, but you want, you want to keep getting better. You just want to cancel a bunch of days of practice. So how can we spice things up a little bit during that time when it's cold, you're out of your routine because you're not in school all day these could be some great activities to do. And obviously you could do them any and every time you could do them. How can we learn more about what you have going on? All right. The best way to contact me personally would be at mistykramer18 at gmail.com. Feel free to send me any questions or if you need a better description of some of these activities than what you know you were able to catch on here, or if you want some ideas for some other types of activities, I'd be happy to 
uh, talk to you about that. If you're interested in having me come talk to your group, um, I do all kinds of groups from church groups to teams to students, adults, uh, all kinds of things like that. I also have website, mistykramer.com that you can check out. I also, Stephen, wanted to share the name of a, a book that I use as a resource. When I started doing this about 30 years ago, we I was actually just sort of creating, inventing yeah. things mm -hmm. as we went along. And then a few years ago, found this book that's probably uh, close to 20 years old now. And so if you have liked these activities, write this uh, book title down. It's called Raptor, as in the dinosaur, Raptor and Other Team Building Activities. It's by Sam Sykes, S-I-K-E-S. And I just looked on Amazon and it still is um, on there. I don't know if they're, you know, used books or new anymore, but it's a really great resource. All kinds of mousetrap activities and dominoes, just um, some of them don't need any um, supplies at all. It's just some cool activities that you can do in the gym or in a yard or something like that. So you'll definitely find some valuable material in there as well. Well, I'm glad you mentioned all those ways to connect. If you want to bring in like a, a team program clinic, we've kind of done this already. Bring us in. She, you know, mom, you can do the the team building, communication, exercises, and we'll we'll head into the gym for a little bit. So especially, I mean, if you're in Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, South Carolina, like spots like that, it'd be perfect for us to be able to come to you, work with your program. Um even, you know, a bunch of your teachers be a great professional development day uh, as well. So uh, feel free to reach out uh, to myself, Misty, if you have any other questions on any of the team building exercises that were listed above or to reach out for any other reason. Coaches, it's a hard job being a high school basketball coach. There's a lot of different responsibilities. There's a time commitment. There are things pulling you in all sorts of directions. And sometimes it seems like everything that you really got into coaching for is kind of last on the list of, of what you need to do. Um, but you're doing a great job. So keep the kids in mind. Focus on how you can better the kids that you're working with. Strength, strengthen the coaching staff, the togetherness of the kids in your community, building relationships with the parents as well. And you won't regret it. You'll be happy that you did those things, regardless of you know how the season goes, the highs, the lows, the ups and downs, because you're bringing yourself back to the reason why you really got into coaching. You love basketball. You love kids. It's often a, a thankless job, right? You're the last person that gets thanked. You're the first person a lot of times that, that gets blamed, right? But you can, you can make a lasting impact on young people through the game of basketball and building some lasting memories through some of the activities that we talked about in this short podcast episode that I know can make a, a great impact on the season that you're about to have and hopefully beyond when your kids are done playing as well. So thank you guys for listening to Coach's Edge podcast. Misty, mom, thank you for taking the time to be on the Coach's Edge podcast and you guys continue to get after it. Thank you for having me. Have a great day, everybody.